Hi, everyone out there. This is Philip Michaels for the Macworld Podcast. Our regular host, Chris Breen, is gone. Soon, 2009 will join him, so what better time to break out another edition of Macworld Pundit Showdown. Yes, it's that moment you all dread when we uh, take over the regular professionally produced Macworld podcast with sound effects and, uh, and hilarity. Uh, I'm joined uh, once again by, well, let's call them what they are, three champions, the three winners of our, our Macworld Pundit Showdown over the past year. And notice I called it Pundit Showdown. Pundit. Pundit Showdown. There's no extra N. On the last syllable. We got an email about that. Pundit. Pundit. T-U-N-D-I-T for mm-hmm. those who are checking at home. Yes. Uh, three champions, three winners, three men who I look at them and I think, winner. <laughs> Let's introduce them. First off, the man who won the first two Macworld Podcast showdowns, unbeaten, Unbowed, untested, unapproved, but he's back to once again put his reputation on the line. It's editorial director Jason Snell. Thank you. It is unloved, unaccepted, unloved, unprepared, unforgiven, <laughs> unforgivable. Mm. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be back. Well, sitting uh, across the table from him is a man who came up via the train today to Macworld's podcast studio. He normally lives within spitting distance of Apple's Cupertino campus, which is, that probably explains the restraining order we got today from Apple. Here he is, Mr. Jem, Dan Frakes. Oh, I like the music. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Any, anything else to say? Happy happy holidays, Dan. Yeah, happy holidays to you, too. We're, we're, um, for, for the purposes of this podcast, Christmas has come and gone. Yes. I hope you had a good Christmas, so happy, everybody. So happy New Year. So how so how was your Christmas there, Dan? I, I, I think it was good. <laughs> I'm pretty Very I'm good, sure man. that it was. Yeah. And finally, our, our third contestant is the most frequent participant, uh, other than myself, in the um Wow in the Macworld uh, pundit showdown. Uh, he's available. He's available. <laughs> and uh, he also has a winning percentage that would rival the New Jersey Nets. He's, he proves the old adage, it's not whether you win or lose, it's who you're competing against. It's Roman Loyola. What's up? Oh, oh no. Whoa. You know, I, I like to consider myself, for uh, fans of the MLS, the Major League Soccer, the Real Salt Lake of the uh, Pundit Showdown. You know, losing record, but I have been a champion. Mm-hmm. We we think of you more as the Washington Generals of the uh, of the Macworld Pundit Showdown, and that you know someone has to occupy that third seat, so it might as well be you. Um, for those of you who don't know how the show works, we kid Roman because we love him, and and, and we, because he shows up, and because he's here. If he wasn't here, we wouldn't make fun of him. Um, Let's let's review the rules. As you know, I ask questions. These three gentlemen uh, provide answers, and we award points based upon their answers about questions in the world of tech. They can get one point. They can get two points. They can get three points. And they can also lose points. Uh, and in case you didn't know, or if you're a, a lawyer representing the British Broadcasting Corporation, yes, we are shamelessly, shamelessly ripping off a wonderful show called Fighting Talk. 
It's available. Available on iTunes. On iTunes subscribe as a podcast. to podcast. <laughs> yes. It's it's great. But let's uh, now that we've uh, read that legal disclaimer, which is not a legal, it's more like an illegal disclaimer, yeah, right. not a disclaimer at all. Let's, although, although I believe Fighting Talk rips off most of the music they use on their show, so maybe there's this chain of illegality that stretches into the distance that saves us. Perhaps. Perhaps we'll use that as our defense yes. in court. <laughs> That's right. Tell our lawyers. Shall we get started? Oh, yes. Okay. Here's our first question. Hey, it's the first anniversary of the Macworld Pundit Showdown. A year ago, we did our first one, and... Uh, and and decided to keep doing it. So I guess my first question to you guys is, what was the second worst idea in the tech world in 2009? Let's start with Roman. Um, I think the second worst idea is the name Juju. Boom. Uh, for people who don't know, Juju is the name of the new name of the Crunchpad, which is supposed to be this web tablet product that was supposed to be put out by Michael Arrington and... Fusion Garage, and then a dispute came out, and then they renamed it Juju. And Juju, you know, I don't know if the product's any good. I haven't seen it yet. But the name Juju is just just not a not a good name for a product. But the, the, it calls to mind delicious Juju Bees from the, the, um, the, the movie snack. Well, the thing I – the problem I have is, you know, once the products are in wide distribution, how many bad Juju headlines are we going to see because mm. of that name? Sure, that's going to drive me point. crazy. Jason, second worst idea. Well, I want to I want to talk about the before it was the juju. It was the crunch pad, and I think the crunch pad is a bad idea. It's like a fine gem that, from every angle viewed, is terrible. A, a bad idea. First off, we have the idea that you're going to create this tablet that's maybe running Windows or maybe it's running Linux, and it, and the whole idea is that Michael Arrington wanted a laptop that didn't have a keyboard that he could sit on his couch and surf the web with, which when you can get a netbook for two or $300 is a bad idea. Then he decides, a, bl- a blogger decides to get into the hardware business. That was a bad idea. And then the people who decided to be his partners and create this product with him, that was a bad idea. Him not c- uh, taking control of the intellectual property of the Crunchpad was another bad idea. And finally we get to Roman's point, which is that when it all went sour, uh, and doing business with Michael Arrington, what a shock, bad idea, you end up with the Juju, which is this $500 thing that lets you sit on the couch and surf the web. Why wouldn't you use an iPod or a, or a netbook at that point? So a bad idea all around, I mean, from every angle, the, the crunch pad. You, you got three points on that, but I, I couldn't help but notice that you just gave Rowan's answer in, in, in using different words. Well, in that case, it's the nook. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Dan Frakes, second worst idea in the tech world in 2009. I think a worse idea than the crunch pad slash juju is the Twitter peak. <laughs> For those who don't know, the peak, or the original peak, was a little handheld that only did email. So it was kind of like a BlackBerry for email, but nothing else. So, you know, limited, not great, but I could see someone using it, right? So then they just said, let's come out with a Twitter version. And it's a handheld, kind of like a BlackBerry, but it does nothing but Twitter. Nothing else. No email, no text messaging, no phone, no games, no nothing. It just does Twitter. So you buy, you spend 100 bucks on this device and pay a monthly fee in order to use Twitter. So, uh, and you can only use a single account at a time. But how else will my mom use Twitter? Horrible idea. Horrible. Your mom has a computer, right? <laughs> she does. She probably has a, a phone, cell phone, you know. Yeah. Horrible. I mean... Did anybody buy one? I, I would like to know the one person who bought one. 
if you have in fact bought it, what was it called again? A Twitter peak. A Twitter peak. You're not listening to a podcast. You're, <laughs> You're not our intended no. audience. So, although I, I would say, if if someone else had used that, I would have said Google Wave as number three. <laughs> oh, really? Well, I'll give you another point for that. Uh, let's move on to our next question, and it is all about this. You hear them booing. That's with the Cal fans, and it kind of disarmed Tiger. He was surprised. Yeah. He's like, yeah, nobody boos me. I mean, <laughs> in my own house. That was um, from the Cal Stanford game where they honored uh, Tiger Woods at halftime. That may have been the highlight of his uh, of his November. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to throw this question out to you. Um, who's the Tiger Woods of the tech world? Let's go to Dan. Why don't you start us off? I'm going to say Google. And the reason I say that is for years, Google dominated its industry, but did so behind a carefully manicured public image. Uh, Do no, do no evil, Uh, you know, carefully uh, manicured by their PR, PR, PR people. And they became the tech world's favorite feel good story and company. But then we learned that they were keeping the records of people's searches, you know, without telling us. Uh, Pretty soon they had revelations of huge PR and lobbying efforts that they had kind of Tried to keep keep uh, quiet. Suspicious acquisitions and relationship with questionable associates. <laughs> PayPal. <Boom. laughs> um, actually, that was eBay, wasn't it? Or is it Google? I don't remember. No, that's eBay. It's eBay. Well, yeah, this, okay. I'm, I'm Forget take, that little take, aside. Take, take a point off there. Right, right, right. Um, and then jealous, jealous, jealous. I shouldn't have said anything. Jealous rivals who are newly emboldened by their troubles uh, came out of the woodwork. So Google still dominates its industry, but um, it's no longer the golden child it once was. Mm. Very a very sad, sad story that you've told there, uh, Roman. Uh, you can go two ways with this. You can go with the Tiger Woods, the champion, excellence in his profession. You know, athlete or, of the decade. Yeah, athlete of the mm-hmm. decade. Or you can go the other way, and you know the reasons why he's in the news uh, nowadays. And I'm going that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Larry Ellison. Now, Larry Ellison. You know, has a reputation as being something of a ladies' man. He's been married four times. Uh, I believe he was sued years ago for sexual harassment, even though the charges were dismissed, I think. And um, as an Apple tie-in, he's also best friends with Steve Jobs. So Better and better and better. So Larry Ellison. Larry Ellison, the Tiger Woods of the tech world. Mm, Very interesting. We look forward to hearing from Mr. Ellison's attorneys after this podcast is complete. Jason, finish us off here. Well, I, you know, I gave some serious thought to Microsoft, basically saying, honey, honey, Windows Vista, it was all a mistake. I'm coming. Windows 7, it's going to be good. Boom. Everything's going to be okay now. I'm back. Come on back, baby. Uh, I thought about Apple, which is a company that's hailed all over, and, and people just can't seem to keep their hands off of their products. But in the end, I went with BlackBerry. Uh-huh. BlackBerry is recognized the world over as the leader in its field, just as Tiger Woods is. But you look underneath the surface, surface with the various platforms, its inability to have a consistent app platform, and it's a complete mess under the surface. So I think BlackBerry is the Tiger Woods of tech. Let us uh, go to the scores after two questions. Jason, with that uh, with that response, in, in which he threw out like four different names there. So there are four different Tiger Woods of Tech. Well, uh, Blackberry, the others were runners up. Oh, so Blackberry is the winner. You have eight points. Uh, Dan is in second place currently with six points, and uh, and Roman is present. 
I'm in a comfortable oh. position. I'm, I'm in a familiar he, position. He's he in a, he, back he, he's, it's very it secure. Feels like home. I, feels I like believe home he holds here. the lease on third place on this um, on this podcast. Let's go to our next question. Most people thought the mini would be killed off in 2009. Instead, Apple came out with a smashing update. Really, two smashing updates, if we want to be accurate. What other Mac product would you like to see brought back from the dead? Let's go to you, Dan. The Pippin would be great, uh, updated to play iPhone. <laughs> wait, 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 what way would wait, it hold be? On. Okay, oh, no. All right. <laughs> updated to finish. play iPhone app games and to stream, uh, provide a usable uh, functional interface for streaming your media to your TV. Or you know, Apple could just update the Apple TV because that's dead too, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. I have a similar comment, which is .Mac. Oh, Rimshot. Thank you. Um, or iReview, a classic from the past, because Apple has proven with the App Store that, you know, you taking on every single website or 100,000 apps, what could go wrong? And Roman. Uh, I was thinking maybe the Macintosh TV, which was originally released oh, sure. back oh. in 1993, and it was basically a LC520 with a tuner card. And what if you made an iMac? Uh, now that there are cable cards out, that you know, I have like cable cards in my TiVo. Maybe you can make an iMac with cable card support. Maybe enhance front row so that it could support uh, other online services like Hulu uh, and the cable cards as well. So, how about bringing back the Macintosh TV? Sure. How about it? Get on that, Cupertino. Uh, let's move on to our next question, and I believe, if I can find the right button, it's all about this. When I was growing up, we had a chicken coop full of chickens, and then one day some coyotes or wolves got into the, the chicken coop, and they killed all the chickens, and it was this horrible, horrible scene. One chicken survived. Many days later, my father found in his workspace, and all of a sudden hears this little cluck from the corner, and it turns out, one chicken survived the massacre, and that chicken was almost like a pet. Very strange. The MacBook is kind of like that chicken. Now, that's our October 20th podcast, and that voice you may recognize is Jason Snell, and that's him comparing Apple's white MacBook to a chicken. who A chicken that was not murdered, I believe. To survivor chicken, yes. A survivor chicken. Um, so I would like our panel to tell me the most important Apple product release of 2009 – but do it uh, using an animal metaphor, and we'll uh, change up the uh, the points uh, uh, for for this one. So, uh, Roman, why don't you start us off? Um, I think the, the well, this product release is very important to maybe a s- small amount of users, and it's iFrame. It's the iFrame video format for HD camcorders, and the the problem is when you're using HD video and iMovie iMovie converts it down. Uh, so if you're recording at 1080, it converts it down so it can handle the video. And that takes a lot of time. So Apple came out with iFrame. And you can think of iFrame as a like a chimpanzee to HD video's gorilla. So HD video is this giant gorilla that's hard to handle. It's kind of clumsy. And it's really heavy. And iFrame is this chimpanzee that's smaller. It's nimble. And it's a lot friendlier to use than full HD video. That that was two points. I was hitting the wrong chicken point button. This is the chicken point button. So those are your two points. Dan Frakes. <clears throat> I'm going to say the product was Snow Leopard. 
and my metaphor is a sn- no, I'm not. Snow <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Boom. Yes. Uh, I'm just kidding. The the animal metaphor I'm using is even better. It's the Arctiopteryx. <laughs> Jesus looked like what the Arctiopteryx? Okay, sure. Mm. Which historical bird? Yes. Based on its fossil record, was the transitional organism between dinosaurs and birds. So a snow leopard is a transitional operating system. So it has uh, a lot of things in common with its ancestors, panther and tiger and leopard. But it also shows a lot of new characteristics, 64-bit code, Grand Central and the like, that give us a glimpse of where computing is headed in the future. So that's your answer. What, what, that animal again? The Arctiopteryx. All righty. Jason. Well, I originally was going to say that the Mac Mini, which we thought was dead for so long, is sort of like a phoenix rising from the ashes. But then I thought the new iMac with the core i7 processor, think about this. It, it is more powerful than the Mac Pro, as Macworld Labs <laughs> tests have proven. The Mac Pro has been the workhorse of the Mac market. It is the thoroughbred. It runs fast. It is what you want if you want to go somewhere fast. But now you have this iMac, which is not really viewed as this pro system, but with the i7 processor, it's faster than the Mac Pro. It's like a rocket, rocket-powered donkey. Uh, it's not the suitable animal, but <laughs> you strap animal? a rocket to that thing and light the fuse, and you're going to get somewhere fast. So I say Core i7 iMac, rocket-powered donkey. I think we should see Apple use that as a new logo on the box. Mm. I, I, I think that we should point out that Macworld does not recommend strapping rockets to donkeys <laughs> right. as, no, a, as a form of transportation or entertainment. No donkeys were harmed in the making of this metaphor. No, not at all. Well, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for, your, for your barnyard and animal metaphors. Um, let's move on to our next question. PC World's Ian Paul has declared that the Apple tablet, which has, which has never been announced, previewed, confirmed, or released... The Apple tablet is dead, says Ian Paul of PC World. I want you all to uh, take this opportunity to dismiss something prematurely. Jason. Well, clearly the Winter Olympics are terrible. And that, that in February when we turn in to watch speed skating and, and downhill skiing and all of that from Vancouver, um, it's already a letdown. Because really what could be better than past Winter Olympics and past Summer Olympics, quite frankly. I don't see why they bother even having the Olympics anymore. And it's in Canada. I mean, that's doomed to failure right there. I don't think they're going to get snow. It's What are they going to do then? Why, why do we even bother? Also, the next five Blackberries are all going to fail. Mm. Well, that's probably true, actually. So, But the sixth one will be awesome. There. So there you go. Point off there. Uh, Roman. Um, I'd like to dismiss uh, Don Reisinger, Mike Scalisi, Ian Paul and Rob Enderley and any others uh, who have said this tablet is doomed to fail. And basically, I just want to dismiss people who are they're trying to be very profound and, pro- and provide insight based on speculation. And basically, it's pure fiction and people who are just trying to make names for themselves. And I just want to dismiss them, just dismiss them from the blogosphere, dismiss them from the podium of punditry, just just get rid of them all. I, I agree with that, but I'm not sure how that's premature. In fact, I think it's I long past due. Yeah, it is past due. Dan, dismiss something prematurely or dismiss, just dismiss anything. Well, clearly the next iPhone is going to be a dismal failure. 
After all, the other the other phone manufacturers have had several years now to catch up, and Apple's not a phone vendor as as you know several people have PC commented. guys. Right, right. It's I mean you can't just walk into an industry and dominate it. It's just not possible. So now that uh, you know the Android store has what you know uh, ten or fifteen thousand apps, and the Palm store has maybe a thousand, I think they're well on their way to catching up and. And uh, Apple should really just get as much money as they can out of the iPhone and just get out of the business. Let's go to the scoreboard. As you would expect, when champions collide, the scores tighten up. We have a two-way tie for second place with Roman and Dan Frakes both sitting on 13 points. Jason Snell in the lead, but barely with 15 very exciting. Are you uncomfortable in second place, Roman? It's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, let's throw it. It's a tie, though. Let's see if you can keep that up with our next question. And it's all about this email that I hold in my hand. I'd like to read it to you, if I may. It comes from uh, listener Alex McDonald, who was uh, moved after our last pundit showdown to write, Your last podcast was terrible. All the sound effects were pathetic, extremely juvenile, almost as if Michaels had just found the sound effects button and decided to go all out. I could only tolerate a few minutes of the crap before I deleted it. You're supposed to be journalists, not game show hosts. Your podcast lost all credibility, and you lost a subscriber. Alex McDonald brings up an excellent point, gentlemen. So I'd like to ask you... As journalists, what's your favorite game show? Roman. Uh, my favorite game show is Wipeout on ABC. It's this show where uh, normal Joes have to uh, traverse this. Fall on their butts. Just yeah, they, fall they basically on their butts. fall on their butts. They have to go across these obstacle courses, and, and uh, it's hosted by John Henson and John Anderson. And... Uh, I find the show very entertaining, and I watch it with my kids, and we, we, we laugh and laugh and laugh. And uh, big balls. Big balls. Mm. Big red balls. Uh, Dan Frakes. And my show is actually also Wipeout. <laughs> and uh, I, I was trying to explain this to my wife, and I said, because it makes the teenage boy in me laugh out loud. Yes. The college-age guy in me wish I could be on it, and the bitter adult in me snicker at the commentary. So it, it kind of gets me at all levels. I'm going to put a point back on you, that, but, but you know, Roman claimed wipe. It, it's only I, fitting I, that I, since we're tied for second yeah. place. Yes, you, you would <laughs> we're we're splitting the wipeout vote. I, I would like to note this is the second time today someone has basically repeated Roman's answer. <laughs> I give you at least my own you know, yeah. reasons, but sure, yes. Sure. yes. That's number Wang. <laughs> um, <laughs> number Wang. Look it up. Google it. And uh, otherwise, I'll say, um, I don't know, card sharks. I like those big novelty cards. Higher. Lower. (laughs) Higher. I think big red balls are better than novelty cards, though. This isn't the golden (laughs) envelope question, so I don't – you don't get to match my answer. But mine would have been um, – I've forgotten it now. Uh, the the Howie Mandel with the suitcases. Deal or no oh, deal. Deal or, or no, no deal. deal. Because basically that's guess what number am I thinking of. <laughs> For an hour. For an hour. <laughs> nope, that's not it. Nope. Guess again. <laughs> I'm thinking of a number between one and infinity. Guess. <laughs> so let's move on. Apple's App Store is pushed past the 100,000 app mark and promises to soon be crushed under the weight of fart and flashlight apps. Give Steve Jobs some unsolicited advice on fixing the App Store. Let's have Jason go first. 
Hi, Steve. Uh, Steve, let your best developers, the ones who've proven to be trustworthy, to do things awesome. on the App Store without you, without any any hassle from you, have an honor system. I think that you'll find most of your developers are honorable and will uh, will follow the rules. Don't monitor content, things like in-app purchases of of levels and uh, of, of ebooks and comic books and things like that. You don't do that in the iTunes Store for for songs or TV shows. You don't need to do it for apps. Provide a complaint system and loosen the rules up a little bit so that users who find something offensive can complain and then investigate the complaints and take those things off the store. And finally, maybe you should talk to some of the people who are actually experts at uh, filtering through apps to find what's good and what's bad, like Macworld and, and a bunch of other sites that are out there. License our content and help and use us to help your users filter out the good from the bad. Thanks, Steve. Awesome. Uh, let's have Roman go last on this one, actually, so that uh, so that I can't steal your So that your Dan can't again. nick his answer. Dan, your your turn. Well, for developers, you need to make the the guidelines for acceptance clear and consistent, so so it's obvious what will and won't be rejected. Because no developer wants to spend their time and money, you know, creating something only to have it not make the cut at the last at the last uh, you know step because of some secret or vaguely worded page in a in an employee handbook. Uh, but even better. And this is for both developers and users, is just let everything into the App Store, but give developers the option of having their app certified you know, or approved officially. So, so if you want to install something that's not approved by Apple, that's your choice, but you don't have to, to deal with Apple's view of what should and shouldn't be on there. Better and better and better. Okay, let's go to Roman. Okay, so the premise is that I'm actually in a room with Steve Jobs, right? You can be. Yes. Or you can be on the phone with him, or you can be standing outside his house and shouting on his lawn. <laughs> Go so, wild. It's, it's, your, it's your scenario. So considering that I'd probably be severely, seriously uh, intimidated by Steve Jobs, I would just say, Steve, the App Store, it's terrific. The best innovation in the past couple of years. You know, Third place is very comfortable. Don't do anything <laughs> to it. It's great. That app store. But I'm going to go use it right now, Steve, as, as a matter of fact. I'm it's buying terrific. something right now. And you know what Steve Jobs would say to that? Smarter and smarter and smarter. Yes. Yes, yes he would. Next question. Normally, about this time of year, we'd be preparing for Macworld Expo, which it would be next week, I guess, depending on when we were to air that. <laughs> But, yes. but now it's not. Now it's in February. Uh, Apple, the Apple Free Trade Show is, in fact, in February this year, 2010. So what are you guys going to be doing over the holidays in the beginning of January now that you won't be at Moscone Center for the Expo? Let's, uh, let's talk to Steve Jobs' new best friend, Roman Loyola, about that. <laughs> well, uh, I'll actually be preparing for, uh, for uh, Macworld Expo's Best of Show Award. Where we uh, recognize the best products that make that are making uh, their debut at the trade show. So, if you have a company that's exhibiting an expo, and you'd like more information on this, how to submit your product for best of show, uh, we'll we can put a link in the show notes on how you can submit. You can also go to uh, <laughs> our website at. I'll give you the URL if, real quick. It's tinyurl.com/bos2010. You always give points for plugging our stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or do you lose points for making Phil put things in the show notes? I, I don't know. My goodness, I was not aware that this uh, this podcast was sponsored by Macworld Best wow. Show. Phil will be writing a short story about yeah. the holidays yeah. and posting it in the show notes too. Mm, yes. 
I saw an opportunity. Uh, to... right, you took it. Have you said your piece? Yes, I have said my piece. Okay. Jason. Well, I'm going to do a couple of things. One is I'm going to – Are you going to plug anything? I'm, I'm, I'm not. Okay. Um, I'm going to do two things. One is I'm going to do some things that are uh, – that I've been precluded from doing because of the proximity of Macworld Expo. I'm going to take a longer vacation at the holidays for the first time in 15 years. I'm going to spend more time with my family, all these things that are really important. I'm, all, I'm going to watch, watch some football games without, if, without being completely exhausted and, and, and uh, mind-numbed from, uh, from walking around the show floor. But I'm also going to cross – a couple of things off my life list. I'm going to um, I'm going to go see the Grand Canyon, and I'm going to appear on another ridiculous podcast. Oh, I did that one. I'm going to cross that off right now. There, done, mm-hmm. done and dusted. So, Dan, I am going to be getting ready for the sales pitch nightmare that is CES, which, because of the uh, January proximity of MacWorld, I've had the uh, privilege of missing for the last few years. Mm. But with no expo, I have no excuse to miss CES this year. You're so, welcome. So I, I, I will be getting ready for, uh, for, for MacWorld Expo times 100. Divided by 1 million. Right. There's been a little separation in the scores. Because it's, if I didn't know better, I'd say that someone is trying to tank it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Roman in third place with 15 currently. Dan has pulled ahead into second with 17. Jason Snell is sitting on 20. As we head, Roman, are you, are you shooting the moon? Can that be done? If he gets back down to zero, does he win? <laughs> I like the view from back here. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the golden envelope question. This is Ooh. where you try and match my answer for... We'll say five extra points could be the difference between making the final, not making the final. I guess those are the only two options. Ma- really. Match your answer? I don't think there was a golden envelope what, question yes. when I was on last time. There was not, but ah. we, we do it on occasion. Match my answer. It's written down on a, on a slip of paper when we do this live at Macworld Expo, and we will. Yes. Um, so long as we're plugging things shamelessly. Yes, you uh, you can come and see us do Mac Pundit Showdown at Macworld 2010 in February. Yes, uh, and we will actually have a golden or Manila envelope. <laughs> yes, probably Manila. We don't have the budget for golden envelopes. But match my answer on this question. Time Magazine named Ben Bernanke Person of the Year. Who's Macworld's Person of the Year? Roman. I'm going to go with uh, U.S. District Court Judge William Aslan. Who uh, presided in the case of Apple versus Sistar? Darn it! You took my answer. William <laughs> <laughs> Aslan, that was going to be mine. You know, he he basically ruled that Sistar uh, violated Apple's uh, rights and effectively put Sistar out of business. And I think that's a very good victory for Apple, and I think also a victory for preserving intellectual property rights. And and actually, a sensible decision. Very rarely do you go into. Uh, anytime you, you, you take a case into court, you, you kind of take your chances. But I think um, uh, the judge actually uh, looked, at the, looked at the law and said, well, I know you can't just do whatever you want with someone else's <laughs> product. Um, Jason, was that actually going to be your answer? No. Okay. Point, uh, point off for the right. line. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I was going to say, you know, the serious answer here is Tim Cook, who – who um, mm-hmm. guided Apple through uh, the period where Steve Jobs was on leave. But I'm actually, I've got, in thinking about the App Store, I've got kind of an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other. And the angel 
tells me that maybe it's Paul Cafasis of Rogue Amoeba, who, in, in being the latest in a long line of developers to complain about Apple's app approval process for, uh, for his app, seems to have perhaps broken through a little bit with Apple and, and may have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Apple seems, since Paul's complaints, which were um, remedied fairly quickly, Apple seems to have been um, much looser with the rules in the App Store. Then again, the devil on my other shoulder says that Ian Lynch-Smith of Freeverse is the man of the year because he's the main source in the New York Times story that came out a couple of weeks ago that reads like a piece of Apple propaganda saying that there's nothing wrong with the App Store and it's a great place to be and that why wouldn't any developer be happy to be there? And the question is, which one of these guys augurs something for the future? Is it Paul Cafasis who seems to have uh, made Apple open up, or is it Ian Lynch-Smith whose positive story makes Apple think, hey, we don't need to change anything. So so I'm going to go with maybe Cafasis, but I think those are the angel and devil on my shoulder. Or you could merge them into one. one Cafasis-Lynch-Paul. Mm-hmm. A lot of names in there. Mm. <laughs> Lots of syllables. Dan. Yeah, I, I agree with Jason that the logical answer would be Tim Cook, but I figured someone else would have taken that, and I couldn't steal too many answers <laughs> in one round. So um, I'm going to give it to fake Steve Jobs. Not because he's had a great year, but just because uh, he finished it out by repeatedly lambasting Ralph De La Vega and AT&T for the company's inability to handle iPhone network traffic, um, apparent unwillingness to fix it, and uh, crazy proposals for handling the situation. Um, fake Steve Jobs nailed it several times and has had the best stuff he's done in years. And Apple, I'm sure, loves him right about now. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm sure they love All those times before. I hated you, oh, I love you right now. So, I think at least two of the people in the room mentioned, mentioned, the, mentioned the golden envelope, the golden which envelope Cook, question, yes. which is Tim Cook. But, but neither of us chose him. Neither of you chose him. So, so nobody gets any points. So nobody yeah. claims the bonus points. High drama as we uh, head into our last two questions before the finals. I'll read the scores uh, a little bit later. Let's go to our next one. 2009 ends with the Beatles still off the iTunes store. What other long-standing rumor do you hope not to hear any more of in the coming year? Let's start with Dan. I hope that Apple finally just releases some kind of tablet or oversized iPod Touch or something just so people will finally shut up about it. Um, and at this point, it could be an e-mate with a touchscreen or one of those little Franklin pocket, di- pocket dictionaries, just tweaked so that it can read books. How about a Twitter peek? Right, or a Twitter peek. <laughs> something. It has to have a touchscreen, though. Um, just release something so that people will stop talking about it. And really, that's the best reason to release any yes. product in, in this market. I think at this point, even Steve Jobs is willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Say, just, just, just do something. Jason. Um, yeah, you could throw the netbook in there, too. Oh, I hear Apple's doing a netbook. Oh, boy, great. That's never going to happen, but thanks. It's good. Now, I'm going to say I would I would like to never hear again somebody say, you know, I hear that Steve Jobs isn't feeling really well, or I haven't seen him around, or or I think maybe I, by looking at him from telephotos, from telephoto pictures from TMZ, I think maybe I've diagnosed him as having a recurrence of cancer. I'm tired of people talking about Steve Jobs' health, uh, leave the man alone. Um, he's back. He's recovering from a transplant and cancer. But you know what? It's his business, and uh, Apple moves along. So shut up about Steve Jobs' health. Roman. Uh, I would like Apple to finally announce whether AT&T is going to remain the sole provider of the iPhone. 
just getting a little tired of AT&T this, AT&T that. And if Apple would just finally say, you know what, when the contract's up, we're going. this is what's going to happen. Whether they're going to stay with AT&T or whether they're going to uh, let other providers uh, use the iPhone as well. Just get that out, get that done and over with. And I'm tired of it. So heading into the last question, here's where we're at. Jason would seem to be comfortably in the final with uh, 24 points. Dan Frakes right behind him with 21. Roman, you're gonna you're you're gonna need to swing for the fences here. You've got 19. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Got to limber up here. Oh, but I'm quite comfortable where I'm at. <laughs> Part of me wants to tank this question just so Roman has to go to the final. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I, I've, Roman I've, doesn't like defending the indefensible, I think. <laughs> I don't think so either. I have a fear of the, the final question. I, I think I, I scared him on the way into the room. That, yes. Oh, I have a couple for you, no. depending on what my mood is. Let's go to this last question. All to play for, except for Jason, who's, who's running away with it. MySpace, the Y2K bug, that Pets.com sock puppet, they all came and went in the past decade, because we're at the end of the decade. I don't know if you know that. Tell me. The, the email is being written now. Who says, well, of course you know that the decade actually ends at the end of the year, ending in zero. So send that in and we'll ignore you. You know what? Point off for being a pen. Because <laughs> since I can't deduct points from emailers. Yes, that's all right. Me. Fair enough. Uh, tell me what seemingly hot topic of 2009 will seem silly and quaint in a few years. So something that, like, like the Y2K bug, that everyone was, oh, what about this? And then never really materialized. Uh, let's start with Jason. I'm going to say Windows 7. Um, you know, as first off, I'm not quite sure Microsoft is really going to get much of a lift from this product. I think in a couple of years we're going to look back on it, and it's all going to be kind of a haze of Microsoft's operating system stumbles of of this decade. And uh, with the rise of the Mac and also some aggressive uh, competition from Google with their, their Chrome OS that they're trying out, and the increase of uh, apps in the cloud and on the web, I think people are going to be like, what was all that hubbub about Windows about? It's just Windows, and why did we even care? What Was was there really any hubbub over Windows 7, though, to begin with? Well, yeah, yeah sure. There sure. was that. Were you, you not invited have, to a party? You could have parties. <laughs> you missed the party, Phil? That's a point for Roman, by the way. <laughs> you, could, you could have parties. Exactly right. It, it was a, And there was a big ad campaign, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, people seem to have invented it all over the place. And, yeah, yeah. But okay. we'll all wonder what the hell we were doing. Dan. I'm going to say the hot topic of 2009 that will be gone in a few years is netbooks. And uh, the reason, I mean, the idea that if you want an inexpensive laptop, you should settle for something that takes a real laptop and just crapifies every component down to a, a crappy little laptop um, is just silly. So I think I think what you're going to see is vendors are going to going to uh, figure out ways to make decent laptops more affordable, and users are some of them are going to turn to things like uh, that offer other other products that offer features that they want, such as um, you know email, web browsing stuff in a completely different package, like an iPod Touch or a mythical an Apple tablet. tablet. <laughs> and um, that that last point there was for inventing the verb crapify. Yes, I believe linguists everywhere. Oh, I was I was trying to think of the right word, and mm-hmm. you know, crapification. Yep. All right, Roman. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, the all the talk about AT&T's problems with its network is going to seem silly. Um, I think what's going to happen is that. There'll be more Android phones and more smartphones, 
hitting the networks of other service providers and they'll end up having similar problems to AT&T. So then it'll end up being a, a wider problem than just one network and it'll be a problem of technology and a pro problem that we'll find that these networks aren't really ready to support the heavy demands of smartphones and the AT&T AT will be somewhat uh, vindicated in this. Now, that just depresses me, Roman. I, I thought you were going to tell me some good news, that AT&T was going to fix all the problems. And No, 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 Roman. We're on the next question now. Uh-oh. <laughs> shall we, uh, shall we uh, give the final scores? Oh, I hope so. Yes. Well, Jason Snell, as we predicted, firmly in the finals, ran away with it. Although, uh, Dan, Frank's closed the gap a little bit at 23, and, and Roman, it's an honor to have you here. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for being such a good sport. Well, how I, how did I, he win that one time? Did, did all the other contestants die? <laughs> Just so you know, I asked In Phil. In a way, they did. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I remember that podcast. Well, yes. When Phil asked me if I would come up, I said, so is Roman going to be playing too? <laughs> oh, he's never coming back uh, now. And we've got that great uh, B-52s uh, yeah. music and everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you could change my uh, theme music to the Harlem Globetrotters, <laughs> I'll come in wearing a. Do the Washington, Washington Senators have a um, Washington General? General, sorry, do they have a theme song? Uh, I think it's a sad trombone. <laughs> yeah, or is it? The, or is it the national <laughs> anthem of the USSR? <laughs> maybe. I, yes. Anyhow, I think it's time for defend the indefensible. Remember, I'm going to say something, and then each of our two finalists will have 20 seconds to defend what I say, no matter how outrageous, no matter how ridiculous. Jason. Yes. Would you like to go first or second? I'd like to go second. You'd like to go second. Oh, no. All right. Then this is to you, he Dan. He wants more time to think about how, how we could possibly defend this. This is to you, Dan Frakes. <laughs> this is your question. Forget about third-party headphones. If you're getting an iPhone or iPod Touch this holiday season, Apple's earbuds are good enough for the likes of you. Well, I mean, if Apple came up with them, they must be perfect for the iPhone. And, you know, the sound, they sound great. They're made specifically for it. And if you didn't have them, who would know that you were using an iPhone when you're walking down the street? I mean, it's just insane to think that you might want better sound when you're going to lose that status. Awesome. All right. Jason, now uh, to share with both the gentlemen in the room here and our listeners, Jason takes particular pride in how he handles Defend the Indefensible. <laughs> Up to now. Up till now. <laughs> and so when he said that to me, my goal in this this um, contest and in future contests, whatever those may be, is to actually ask you one that will make you cry. Well, that's that's what Defend the Indefensible that's what is it's all about. about. I would expect no less from you. So, sir. Jason, and when I say I here, I means... Yes. I means Jason. When I think about all the great shows on television these days, I have to believe that anyone who participated in National Novel Writing Month wasted their lives. Yes. It's it's so true. I, as a participant in National Novel Writing Month, when it comes out of the haze in December, I think, what did I do? I miss November sweeps. I miss the latest episodes of Glee. And I miss, I miss the latest episodes of, uh, like, Survivor. I was watching Survivor. I, I had to delete it all off of my TiVo because how can you catch up with, like, six weeks of Survivor in there? It's I've, I've wasted my time. And for what? For the back half of the stupid novel about a guy in a spaceship who never goes anywhere or does anything that'll never be published or read by anybody or loved by anybody when i could have been watching sweet 
sweet television, which is the lifeblood of this nation and the world. So I've wasted my life. Awesome. I think uh, we have a very clear winner. I hate to say it, but third time, third, oh, yes. three time champion. Oh, Dan Frakes. You, you delivered that with much more enthusiasm there, than I could. Well, the, yeah, I didn't really believe you, but but that was an excellent answer for a difficult question, I have to say, Dan. There, there, was, was, a, there was a certain degree I, of uh, of passion I, and sadness I thought we, in your I, answer. I thought we were going to make Dan cry with having to defend the Apple earbuds. But, but what no. was it the last time? The last time it was almost cry-worthy as well. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, but. It, was it was the Mac Tower, the mini Tower. Oh, oh the, yeah. mini tower, the mythical the Mac tower. Mini Tower right, right, that will right. never, ever, Why ever it was happen. such a horrible idea. <laughs> yes. Well, as we reminisce about Defend the Indefensible's past, <laughs> let me uh, wrap up this uh, this edition of the Macworld Pundit Showdown. Pundit. Pundit Showdown. Uh, I'd like to thank Roman Loyola. Thanks for having me. Dan Frakes. Thank you, Phil. And the once and future and always champion. <laughs> it's almost like this thing is rigged. It's, it's strange. Uh, Jason Let Snell. Let the win. Thank yes. you. Uh, I'm Philip Michaels for the Macworld Podcast. We'll uh, see you in 2010. And, uh, and join us at Macworld 2010 for the live Macworld Pundit Showdown. If you dare. With, uh, thanks, with, with new and improved pundits, right? Yes. yes. Roman no. won't be there. No. no. Oh, <laughs> I'll be working on Best of Show, and if you oh, have a no. Best of Show candidate... Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. <laughs>